What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show here giving you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to talk about the Knicks loss because the Knicks lose a heartbreaker to the Thunder 129 to 120. The Knicks at one point where that was down 17 points. Second unit put some pressure on these Thunder and storm back. Um, we also tied the game in the third quarter. After the starters got into a rhythm, we started to figure out their defensive schemes, but we couldn't really get over the hump. Uh, the second unit uh, at the start of the fourth quarter really couldn't get it together, and we seen some very extremely questionable decisions from the coach that sank us, matched bats, bad shooting, temper tantrums, a lot of the bad that, that makes you mad, the things that get you mad about being a fan of this team, it all happened today, and we're going to talk about it, the bad, the bad, and the Medusa ugly, all right? And I, and I have to listen, this game to me is a Tibbs loss to me. It is it's a Tibbs loss to me, not to say that this game was in the books if we played the right players. But we, I feel like he absolutely played the wrong players at the wrong time and cost us the game. And we're going to talk about it. And uh, I'm, I was hoping Ebony was going to be here tonight. I was hoping she was going to be here tonight. She didn't see the game because I need RJ's lawyer to the stand. I need RJ's lawyer to the stand because I'm tired, man. I'm tired. I'm tired. We need a wing. I, I I think my patience fell out my chest. He's been horrible ever since he came back from the migraines. It's been bad. It's not a stretch. It's it's been a marathon. It's 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 crazy. He's shooting thirty nine percent from the field, twenty six percent from three, and he's been a negative three point six in net rating ever since he's come from the migraines. And that migraine was like a month ago. Like I, 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 I'm I'm upset. I'm just upset, and I'm gonna introduce you to my guys. Uh, the man, the, the myth, the SNY legend, the guy with stats and facts. Brian G's in the building, and yes, RJ Barrett, you are no longer the Batman. You are stripped of that title, and now you're only known as Rowan. Yeah, you are Rowan. You are Rowan. You might just be R. I don't even want to say your whole name. Like it, it's 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 pissing me off, and. Also, we have the Latin assassin, ESPN contributor, uh, Lee Escobedo in the building. What's going on, Lee? Much love to all in this nation for the nice, kind words about my mom. She walked 15 steps today. First time she's done that in two yeah. years unassisted. Man, big ups. All blessings to the Most High. All blessings to Yahweh, God, Jesus. Man, I, I appreciate all the prayers and love that I've gotten over the last couple of months. My mom broke, broke her leg. So, man, good things on the horizon. Uh, also, shout out Ryan G, baby, represent on SNY TV. My movement went up there and hit bad a thousand, hit a home run. Was a great uh, opportunity for one of us to be on that show. And I think he really represented the podcast well. And to me, no one deserved that spot more than Ryan G for his years of loyalty and nit savant nit states on the KOT show. Absolutely. Uh, man, aw aw awful game, but I'm ready to talk about it. 
Yeah, man. You see, you trying to you trying to make my heart warm because I was pissed that you giving me all this good news about your mom walking and Ryan G. That's why. Hey, man, it's funny to be angry. Let's let's go, man. Let's let's get into it. I throw me let's off. Go. I want to be mad. Stop making me happy. Right? Mom's asleep now. She's asleep. We talking about all the bad. Stop making me happy, Lee. I'm gonna be pissed here. <laughs> <sighs> Last year, I said. Man, quickly is our third best player. This year, I'm saying it again. Man, quickly is our third best player. <laughs> and even though RJ Barrett is scoring, he seems like he's going backwards. And I hate that it's decision time on, on Manuel quickly. And it was decision time on RJ Barrett. And I feel like we have to make a tough decision with quickly knowing he can probably be a starter on other teams. Meanwhile, we have R.J. Barrett here who is getting starter money, and he might be a bench player on other teams. That's how I feel right now. Starter, starters don't shoot 40% from the field and 29% from three for 15, 20-game stretches in his fifth year. I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm at the end of my rope. The only thing that's been giving me any hope was his performance in the postseason. That's the only thing that's been giving me any type of hope. And I'm like, do I have to go through 82 games of this to get to the postseason to have like <laughs> to have a good game? We I I really hope he shows up in the postseason because I'm. I'm getting fed up. I'm getting really fed up. And this is why I wanted Ebony here today, because Ebony's the one who's usually, you know, stay this course and stay with the team. And but I'm I'm scratching my head at this one, man. I'm scratching my head. And, and Tibbs is culpable too. Tibbs is definitely culpable too. But I don't know if anybody else wants to say anything after that. I, I can get, I can get into the details of the game, but it, it gets uglier from there. I'm going to let Ryan go next. Yeah. RJ definitely played terrible tonight. No question about it. Um, I think overall, I would have liked to see more creativity with the starting lineup. Well, not 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 just the starting lineup in general, but lineups throughout the game because I feel like with the way the Thunder matched up, I would have liked it more if Thibs went with, with, with either – because he did go, with, I think he did go with a similar lineup, and I think it was in the second quarter I got the back into the game when it was hard and seeing out there with four guards, mm-hmm. seeing how seeing how Thunder was playing small. I would I would have liked to see Thibs kind of switch it up a little bit, knowing that you know the Thunder, outside of Chet Holmgren, they're not really a big team. You did you know their team with like a bunch of like wings and guards. So I, what I would have liked to see is maybe you know, throw a change up from usual Knicks lineups and have Randall be the five and have him surrounded by four guards and see if they could punish them offensively because the Thunder has nobody that can guard Julius Randall. And I feel like with Julius Randall on the court at the five and him taking advantage of double teams and kicking it out to open shooters like Dante, Grimes, quickly, Brunson, etc. I feel like the Knicks could have definitely took advantage there and probably even punish the Thunder further on offense, but you know, Dibs be Dibs sometimes, like he did in the fourth quarter tonight, where he took out IQ who was cooking and put him back RJ Barrett who was playing terrible. And 
I think the reasoning behind it was Thibs wanted to match up better because Jalen because Williams on OKC was just killing whoever was on him. And I feel like Thibs wanted to throw in more size. But even then, it's like with well, the way RJ Barrett is playing, you can't put that guy back in the game. That guy was breaking open threes, which which contributed to the Knicks losing the game further. And then on top of that, as soon as he got substituted into the game, he creates a turnover off the inbound pass Bruh. to um, Hardenstein. So this was not the game to put R.J. Barrett back in. He, he, if they, I, Like I said, I don't know what Dibs was thinking, but if his thinking was to put more size into the game, he had Dante that was shooting well from three. He had Grimes that hit two three-pointers if he wanted to go that route. You know, if you wanted to put in somebody with more size to match up with Jalen Williams or or whoever OKC had out there at that moment. But besides that, it's like, I'm not saying the Knicks would have won this game if they stuck with quickly, but the Knicks would have had a, at least a better chance. So not only did R.J. Barrett play, tonight, play bad tonight, you also have to throw this on Thibs because Thibs made the wrong substitution and that just furthered the Knicks' problems deep in the fourth quarter. You're absolutely right, both of y'all, on Tibbs being culpable for this loss. I would extend it to Leon Rose. Uh, it's been way too long to not add size to this roster. And after Mitch went down, your move is Taj Gibson. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not, everyone out there, I'm not about to call Taj Gibson a bum. He is not a bum, but he's absolutely washed. He's given you 100% effort. And he's got about 10% left in the tank. He was getting absolutely dominated. He was getting hunted on pick and rolls by just about every single Thunder player, but especially Chet, who in that fourth quarter went on a rampage, showing you his full bad. He's a five-level score, and it was an unbelievable performance against someone who should not have even been signed to a contract to begin with. There's a reason why Taj Gibson was retired and available, because he really shouldn't be on any roster at this point in his career, except as an assistant coach in a suit and tie or one of those really tacky warm-up collared shirts that all these bums wear on the sidelines. Now, what... Leon Rose needs to do is not just add a real backup center, but maybe also a real backup power forward and some size and length, the two and the three. I think we can get by with Brunson, IQ, and McBride as our point, but the lack of size from a two through five is killing us for as good of an offensive rebound team we are, including DiVincenzo and Hart, who are both solid offensive rebounders, and Emmanuel quickly too. We're getting destroyed by size and length, and I do disagree with Ryan. OKC has size at the guard position. SGA is massive. And Giddy's no slouch to three. Giddy doesn't give you height. He's long. He's quick. He has good instincts. He plays the passing lanes well. And they got a lot of guys. They uh, Kendrick Williams and uh, Isaiah Joe sits man of year candidate. These sits eight, sits nine guys come in just drain threes on us. They have bum tans out there at the small ball five drain threes on us too at the center position. It was embarrassing to me. This is on Tibbs, but the bigger picture, this is on Leon Rose. A move must be made to consolidate this roster to bring in size and give us a real third option because R.J. Barrett is a sixth option, not a third. Yeah, man. Yeah, we talked, up, we talked about it behind the science. Ryan G's like, if Tibbs is going to take out, even if size is your issue, it's like, you know what? I'm taking an R.J. I'm putting in R.J. because he, he, he plays defense. He has the size. Even we have Dante here. We have Grimes here. Grimes played 11 minutes. 11 minutes, it was two for two from three. And he's been one of the best SGA defenders on the team. Now, granted, Josh Parker did phenomenal on SGA today. He did phenomenal. So I'm not taking any. I feel like uh, Josh Hart's uh, effort was kind of wasted because he had a four, only four points today, but he had uh, 
rebounds and assists galore. And the way he pushed the ball got us back in this game. But man, like Tibbs, like what are you doing, man? Stop the copy paste coaching and look what's happening. You have two able bodied three point snipers who can get you in the game and make actual good decisions and actually contribute to winning. Like, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. And to your point, Lee, about the Taz Gibson being situation, I, I firmly believe we need a center as well. I don't think we'll able to get better centers available on the trade market until maybe like January, February. I don't even think they'll be available now. Maybe that's why they picked up Taj on the quick. But even so, man, we I feel like we need a, a center, not Taj Gibson. This 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 game was just embarrassing. It was very winnable. I think that's what makes it real frustrating for me is you felt like in the third and fourth quarters, it was there for the taking if a, so substitutions and the rotations were right. I don't know. I'm not sure how many minutes Emmanuel Cook was playing a game. I mean, tonight he had 25. Whatever it is, it's not enough. Uh, at this point, I'm advocating for him to be in the starting lineup. And I, I'm not one to say I told you so, but I hate that I have to say today that R.J. Barrett is not him. He's not that guy. That cap I thought he had, this is it, man. The guy is Harrison Barnes without the three ball. He's a fifth, sixth option on a championship-level team, and we are neither a championship-level team, nor do we need. Oh, can we have him be a fifth option. He must be the third option in the system. Tibbs uses him as such in terms of usage rate, uh, on-ball action, touches, shot selection, and it, it, to me, it's, it's a de- detriment to the team. He's the only one where the cons outweigh the pros as a player. Now, I've thought about that. I hate how much I've had a dip thought to this, but he's a, he's a reason that we lose a lot of games, and he's rarely the reason we win games. And that's been really frustrating. I know that last postseason he was a baller getting to the hoop, but let's not forget how awful his three ball was, how awful his mid-range game was in this series against Miami. Like, yes, the three ball, the, the, I mean, getting to the, the hoop was there and drawing fouls, but the rest of the game suffers, man. When he is in a dip, it's an atrocious it's dip. So I don't think it's because he's a bad player. I think it's because the role and usage that Tips puts him in is not what his game is. He is not a bust. He's somewhere in, in that in between that DeAndre Ayton. He's no I, Marvin Bagley, but he's at that Ayton. He's a fifth option, not a third. I'm not even putting nah, on, man. I'm sorry, man. That's 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 too much of an out. I can't even say he's on Tips, dog. Like the decision, his decision making is going backwards. His decision. Before the when the season started, he was making crisp passes. Double team was coming. He was throwing the ball. Now he's running through people. And and then he has he runs the whole second unit by himself. Like so where where he is the option. So like it's not like okay, maybe you can, oh maybe you can say, okay, when he's with Randall and, and Brunson, you can maybe say something. But you're running the second unit. It was Jay Hilton Williams versus R.J. Barrett in the fourth quarter when things went awry. Now, granted, R.J. Barrett had a good stretch in the second quarter that brought us back. Yes, he did to have that. But then it was just like bad play after bad play after bad. Like, man, it, it, it's frustrating. It's not. This is not Tibbs' fault, man. This is R.J. Barrett is not playing good basketball. <laughs> I think the most frustrating thing about R.J. Barrett is the fact that We've seen enough games where he has played well and we know the potential that he holds if he could ever get it right to where he could be a more consistent player. But the inconsistency, but it's the inconsistency that kills him. And then on top of that, like Lee said, when RJ Barrett's in a slump, 
it's a heavy slump. It's not even like a slight slump where it's like, you know, three, four games he might be off and then he regains his, you know, his game. It's slumps where it's like 10, 15 games and it just stretches out until he can finally find his stroke again. And if you're thinking about building a championship team, you really can't have a guy like that as your third option. You're, you're not Hell going no. to get there. He, they were leaving him over for three. They would dare leave IQ with Grimes and Dante open like that. Take the shot. Shooting twenty six percent since yet since you had your headache. And this is not to say this is not to say he'll never get better. Maybe he will. Maybe he will get better. I'm not sure if I'm willing to roll the dice. I'm not RJ's, sure at this point. Like that's what I mean. Faults. They're his faults, but I think they're exacerbated by the role that Tibbs give him. Tibbs does yank him. But not to the same degree that he yanks the Grimeses or the DiVincenzos or the or the Hartensteins. Uh, to me, he needs to be regulated to the bench, and I don't think that's going to happen under Tom Thibodeau. But it needs to happen. And Tibbs gives him too much higher of a usage rate and too many touches, and it impacts us on the offensive side of the ball because he just brits three point shot at a three point shot, and it, the, the game is out of rhythm. He's so heavy on ball when he drives. He's not looking for the pass with Mitchell Robinson out. He's taking everything on his own. He's barreling to the basket, and he ends up getting swatted. He's about to getting stuffed. Like he was at the beginning of the last season. It's embarrassing. And it's funny because I, I had a lot to say about Julius Randle today, too. <laughs> like, Julius Randle pissed me off today, too. Julius, Julius I, yeah. I haven't been pissed off in Julius Randle about, like, 13 games, so I guess he was due. <laughs> How come? How come he pissed me off today? Yeah. Transition defense. Okay, fair. He has not run back on transition after a turnover. May, uh, maybe once this whole season. Definitely not today. And even if he's upset about a call, mm-hmm. knowing the moment and choosing, hey, I'm going to choose my team over instant gratification and my own emotions because my team and I are working to get back in the game. It's the fourth quarter. I understand you guys are pissed because you feel like you're not, you're not getting the foul calls, whatever, whatever. There's a what? It was like three or four or five minutes left in the game. The Knicks are trying to make a comeback. We're inching closer. He feels like he gets a foul. He feels like he gets fouled. OKC is off to the races. It's a fast break. It's a five on four flash break break. And it's a slow break. Okay, see, kind of takes their time on the late pass break because Julius Randle doesn't even work to get back. He's still arguing with the ref in the midst of a comeback with five minutes, four minutes left in the game. Bruh. You can't do that. That's selfish. That's letting your emotions get the better of you and missing the moment. You, you say you want to win so bad. That's what you say in interviews. If you want to win that bad, you will get back on defense and then argue with the left, the ref on a dead ball. That that's why I'm pissed at Julius. Right? That's fair. Yeah, I have no issue with that. Um, matter of fact, that on top on top of RJ Barrett creating that turnover as soon as he came into the game in the fourth quarter, yeah, that Julius Randle play pretty much killed the Knicks as well because, like you said. He thought he got fouled and the, and, and the ball turned over. He was there arguing with the ref. You didn't see him, you know, 
coming going back on defense and nothing and then that's when Thunder hit a three and then that pretty much like was like one of the daggers of the game right there and as one of the best players on the team you can't allow that to happen and Julius Rattens, and Julius Rattens was complaining about calls all game yeah like you know there wasn't a, there wasn't a time where to me it felt like his head was truly in the game like no every time every time something happened. You know, where he thought that he got fouled, like every turnover he made, he's complaining to the ref. He and 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 to be fair, like we haven't really had anything to complain about Julius Randle, like you said recently. But this game, it doesn't seem like it didn't seem like his head was in the game. No. Complaining, complaining every, complaining about every call, and if he's gonna play like that, that's gonna hurt the Knicks as well. So, yeah, I did think he was the only one who understood the assignment offensively. I mean, he was playing bully ball, physical, in, in the paint, point, trying to get points in the paint instead of settling for the three-point shot. So on offense, I was happy with the way that he played. It just – I hate how he plays the same kind of defense no matter who he's darted. It's – I mean, he just – he really relies on the drop. He doesn't come out and recover on the three-point line. If there's an open three-point shot, it's almost guaranteed to be his man that he either lost off a pitch or lost in, in, the, in the switching. And that happens almost continuously from game to game, and it was definitely apparent tonight too because they were bombing us from three. They had multiple guys that were killing us from three. Yeah, and Lee, just to hop on your point right there, that's why I would have liked if Thibs switched up the lineups a little bit and and sometimes play with Randall at the five yes. and, and, and just surround him with four guards because when the Knicks was out there with Hardenstein and Randall together, and if you look at the way the Thunder line up, the Thunder basically line up with a big and guards. Sometimes it's even a full guard lineup. You're, it's just forwards and guards are out there. And and then when you have Randall in that type of situation where it's like, okay, he's not even the five, he's the four and have to guard one of those quick dudes on Thunder. Yeah. He's, he, he does not thrive in those type of matchups. So knowing how the Thunders line up, why don't you switch it up a bit and be like, you know what? Okay, let me put Randall at the five. And just surround him with four guards. So defensively, it's not it's not that hard on Randall to defend because he doesn't really have to guard like one of these quicker guys on the perimeter where it's like a hybrid, you know, two three, and you and expect Randall to guard one of those dudes. I like, try to switch it up a little bit, but sometimes Thibs be Thibbing, and this yeah. is one of those games where Thibs just went back to Thibbing. Yeah, especially when the alternative is Taj Gibson. I really had <laughs> Randall at the five and Taj exactly. Gibson. I agree. Just exactly. give me Randall. Note the five. I agree. At least he did you something on offense. I agree. Excellent point. All of a sudden, Jalen Brunson's driver lanes are wide open. They not. They got. They can't hold that boy one on one with the five stretching you out. With not like nice. they be in trouble. They be absolutely in trouble. And what what's Chet gonna do with Randall? Nothing. <laughs> exactly. What's Chet gonna do with Randall? This is like this is this is when you gotta think outside the box. This is this yeah, and is, it's like, what's Randall gonna do with Chet? Well, what's anyone gonna do with Chet? There exactly. is no one on the roster who's gonna stop him. Might as well equalize on offensive end. Exactly. Exactly. And like I said, and all in all, Randall had 25 points. It's funny because I liked he I he had one good quarter. That third quarter to me was the quarter where I felt like he was really locked in. In general. I felt like the starters really couldn't get a feel of how they played defense, how OKC played defense in that first quarter, and they really started to get it in the third quarter. But that's the quarter where I feel like he really locked in. We went away from just straight-up posting and kind of mixing up between posting and diving to the basket, and we really started to use his power and our size against him in that third quarter. Um, And even 
Seb Dante DiVincenzo for some open threes in the corner. Like, we, I, we did a lot of good things in that third quarter. But, man, Tibbs, Tibbs messed this up. Tibbs, this, is, this is a Tibbs loss to me, straight up. Uh, we needed more Emmanuel quickly. Oh, man, for sure. Yeah, man. I, I got none. I got. I, I got something for y'all. What's up? Seeing how this game went and with the recent headlines of Clutch and Leon having to sit down, specifically Rich Paul of Clutch. I don't want to disrespect him. He is the, the, the man behind the brand. With that conversation potentially happening, I mean, it's just Shams and Ian reporting this. Would you make a trade for DeJounte Murray, seeing that he would definitely be in a starting lineup and would be able to provide that impact we've been looking for, and Tibbs is not using IQ, as we all agree, properly or enough? Would you be willing to trade IQ for a guy who could help us immediately as a starter? Would you Would you entertain that trade? I'll say this. Hmm. I, I, I feel like financially the Knicks are in a tough situation because I talked about it on, you know, he got game on SNY with Dexter. Right now the Knicks are in, the Knicks are not even in any apron right now. They're under. They're even under the first apron, so they have flexibility right now to improve the roster. But you also have to think about Brunson's extension because mm-hmm. Brunson's Brunson's contract is soon going to run out, and you got to pay the you you. And the Knicks are going to have to pay that man. They're not going to get away with paying this guy another hundred mil for four seasons. They're going to have to actually. They're going to actually actually pay this man, and more than likely, Brunson's new contract is going to put the Knicks into that second apron where it's going to be very difficult to make a trade. So if the Knicks are going, if the Knicks are thinking about improving the roster. It pretty much got to be either at the trade deadline or in the next offseason. They really got to think about who they're going to, you know, put in the roster. And as for, as for DeJounte Murray, the thing is, I look at the Hawks situation. I'm like, him and Trey Young isn't working in the backcourt. But at the same time, I'm like, Jelly Brunson's a different point guard than Trey Young. He's more of a scoring point guard. So... You you could have a lot you could have a lineup where it's like DeJounte Murray is more of a facilitator while you have Brunson go off ball yes. sometimes to score the ball. So it might work out that way. And DeJounte Murray actually plays defense. The Hawks play no defense, but I think if you put DeJounte Murray in a in a defensive team, he's gonna he's gonna lock up. So if if, if he's available <laughs> and then and then looking at his age, knowing that he's prone to improve as the years go on. And it's, and it's not an expensive price, I probably would take the swing. I probably would go for it. I've gone back and forth with this. Um, the thing... The thing is... The thing with DeJounte is when you dive into what's happening over there, it seems like, like you said, Ryan, it seems like he thrives more with the ball in his hand. Mm-hmm. And that's been the biggest issue with him with the Hawks is he doesn't really know where to get his spots. Um, I was looking at some numbers. He's shooting like 35% off catch and shoot. He's been more of a pull up three kind of guy. And those catch and shoot numbers are what are kind of the opportunities you will get here, you know, um, playing next to Brunson. To me, like the biggest, the the biggest upgrade might be when he's running the second unit. Like when he's running the second unit and then him and quickly is down there, I feel like he might have even more opportunity to have the ball in his hand. 
then I feel like that's when you might really get to see the, his real worth. But I'm not sure. I, I like it defensively. I like him defensively at the two. But it's funny because when you, you talk to Hawks fans, because I've been watching like, I've been doing research about watching like Hawks, Hawks breakdowns of him. And what Hawks fans say is he's a, he's not, he's a really good defender at the one and not as much at the two and three. Um, so when they say that, I'm like, okay, so he has a high steal rate. So is he more like, you know, he's, he's playing the passing lanes kind of like, uh, you know, like Dante DiVincenzo and less of a lot of defender, unless he's playing the guards because he's, he, he's, uh, bigger than the guards. Like, so that's why at first I was really for it, but now I'm just like, huh, I'm not sure. And I don't think I would do it for IQ. And I and honestly, I can't see the Hawks winning IQ when they already have an undersized um, Trey Young there. Like I feel like they would want Grimes or something. That's just me personally. I would do it if it also meant that RJ was gone. I don't know if I would bring Deshante Murray into this team is currently constructed, and RJ is still the starting small forward. Because I think that DeJounte would his game is just better than RJ. He would become the third the third option. I think RJ would really like he would really digress. And then his contract would become very hard to move at that point if he's only averaging 13, 14 points game on inefficient splits. So if we got DeJounte and then RJ was moving a subsequent trade, or maybe in the summer, but that was like the obvious game plan, yeah, I think that would do it. But adding DeJounte to just this lineup, I, I think it spells a lot of spacing troubles agree with you on his really poor catch and shoot numbers, which that role has to be good at in in, in this Tom Thibodeau lineup. It ha- you have to be a good catch and shoot player. I don't know. But in terms of I, him and IQ, I'm okay with making the swap of IQ for DeJounte. But to me, it's more about that fit. That's to RJ and eventually moving on from RJ, which I think should be the team's top priority right now. Mm. I feel like, um, I feel like, um, that three-point threat that we have from IQ shooting 38%. And I don't I like that off the bench. Even DeJounte, I love DeJounte's mid-range game, though. I love his mid-range game. It's tough for me. It's I like tough. how athletic he is, too. It's the, tough for he, me. He, he gives that athletic ability that we do not have on this roster right now. Like, I, I would feel better if we had a longer three-point shooting wing next to him. Exactly. Then I would be exactly. – a little bit more. That's exactly what I said. hundred percent agree. A, a little bit more okay with it, but even even though, like it's that's it's still an issue because because when I originally wanted him here, I wanted him here for the same reason the Hawks wanted. It was like, oh, no, Trey, you know, Trey, he's a small guard. You want to have a defender next to him, so that's why I wanted him. But if it's not, if it isn't if it's not working out over there. And that's the reason they wanted him. You got you got to think like why is it? And I uh, I, I guess that's why I'm just like because hmm. that's the same reason why the Knicks probably wanted. Him. So I don't know. I don't know. But so I see we got some people in the oh we got some people in the Discord. Fritz is somebody waiting in the Discord? Are you? Did you want to talk in the Discord, Fritz? 
I see Ron from Baltimore is in the Discord. Ooh, tough game, man. Roberto yeah. says Dajante doesn't get migraines. <laughs> Petty, man. <laughs> yeah, Petty. But salute to the chat. Shout out to Roberto. Shout out to Latrell Spewell. Uh, shout out to John Baines. Shout out to User. All right. Okay, User. All right. <laughs> shout out to Space Ghost. Shout out to Just Nicks. Shout out to Glamour. Shout out to Alexander. Everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. Um, I see there is a Discord link if you want to say something. Um, if you want to talk live with us. Um, this is the heated game. So if you want to get something off your chest, go ahead. Let's do it. You got Ron ready. Ron ready for the Discord. All right. We're going to bring Rod in. Okay, Ron, you are now live on the KOT show with Ryan G and the SCB. What's going on, Ron? Oh. Hello? Can, can you hear us? Wait, hold on. Let me unmute. There we go. Hey, Ron. My bad. Ron, you're now live on the KOT show with Ryan G and the Escobedo. Can you hear us, Ron? What's going on, guys? What's going on, man? Guy. How you doing? Piss, but can you hear me? yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was a frustrating loss, and I just wanted to talk to you guys. Um, I, I just my frustration. So a couple things. Obviously, we all disagree. I think we all disagree with the RJ uh, for IQ substitution. But before we even get like. I was late in the game. I just hated how we started the game. I, I just, yeah. Randall was very slow. It wasn't just Randall. I thought our whole team was just looked slow compared to the Oklahoma City Thunder. True. I just think we can't be low energy to start the game. You no, know? I agree. And I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I get why Grimes is no longer starting. I get that, but I, when that move was made, I didn't want Grimes to to um play 11 minutes and you know get only two shots in a game where he made both threes like that should not happen no, i agree because i need the energy in the game like to me the only the only unit that i actually that's not true what you said is correct i thought randall in the third quarter did what he needed to do and got back to aggressiveness and also you saw him pointing at his teammates to not always to not just give him the ball in an isolation. He actually said, "Hit the weak side. Hit the weak side. You don't don't go to me." I'd like that. Yeah, that was some recognition that it that it wasn't going. It wasn't your knife. But like to me, the the only unit I was proud of, guys, was in the second quarter, late first quarter, early second. It was IQ. It was Hart. Mm -hmm. It was Grimes, RJ, and Hartenstein. Mm -hmm. They had a stretch there of that game where, like, to me, they understood how to play against OKC with the movement, with the, with the, with everybody touching it and pushing the pace. Like RJ yeah. had a little stretch there where even RJ was passing the ball. But yeah. my problem is like, I think I am done with RJ, and I I hate to say it because I've been so patient with him. But like he's he's if you look at his last sixteen games, he's reverted back. Like he's not making the open threes. And what's sad about the RJ thing for me is like I don't know if you guys disagree with this or not. In my opinion, I think RJ Barrett's the second best player on the team at getting to the paint. 
Like yeah. he has a, a gift from above to go to the left and get to the paint. He just doesn't recognize all the time. He does it sometimes, but he his head is always down. He doesn't recognize that you don't have to always challenge these trees. Just kick the ball out. We'll get it back to you, but just kick the ball out. Like he doesn't I don't think his awareness in the paint is still not good. And I don't know how to fix that. So, like, I, I would not actually be surprised if RJ gets traded. I don't know if Randall's going to get traded. I don't, I'm not saying I doubt it. One bad game should be the reason because Randall's actually played pretty well, if we're being fair, like over the last 10 to 15 games. Yeah. But I think RJ may get traded. I, I feel, I don't, I think, guys, I don't know how much better RJ is going to be as a player. And I, I don't know where you guys are as Nick fans, but if you could just talk about where you guys are with RJ, are you still. Are you still holding out hope? Are you done? Or are uh, you, I'm just depressed uh, and I'm you, trying to figure it out. But I feel bad for RJ. You must have missed when we flamed them for the first 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I was just losing my mind. I was, uh, yeah, I was just upset. <sighs> I mean, can you just, just, just tell me what you think? Like, do you guys think RJ will, of anybody on our, on our team, do you think RJ is probably the one that gets traded or is that, or do you think IQ has a better chance of getting traded or do you think both of them will get traded? Both. I, I feel like if I had to think about what's happening around the deadline, I feel like there is more of a chance that IQ, IQ gets traded than RJ because of the contract situation and because teams want him. <laughs> Like when you read right. articles, everybody says IQ is the best traded asset next to Jalen Brunson. Like nobody really mentions RJ when they talk about good trade assets. Um, plus you right. add to the fact that, you know, the Knicks and IQ weren't really close on how much they should be paying him. So if I had to be a betting man, it would be IQ, even though my mind, I'm just like, I wish it wasn't like you. Because <laughs> I started off saying. Do you agree with me? That, well, I agree. But do you, I, I agree with you. I, th I think it will be IQ, like based on like the contract. And you, I agree with you, the value around the league. But do you at least agree with me? Like everybody kills Randall. And like I would get frustrated with Randall too. But do you at least agree with me that like RJ2 is not great at seeing the awareness of the vision on the court because on the drives, like, oh, you guys, am I absolutely. making that up or like, absolutely, absolutely, no, absolutely. We I start out the program saying specifically that he started before the migraines, he was reading the offense and he was hitting open men instinctively. Uh, and then he, he gets the migraine, he comes back, and all of a sudden, he's just running through people. I think the I think the problem is that second quarter he had some success going to the hole and bully balling people, and he thought he can do it all game for the third for the the fourth quarter, and it just didn't work. And he he didn't know when to switch it up, when to pass. Like he all of that is gone. I don't know where that went. He was doing that in the beginning of the season, so it's like he's regressed. His decision making is regressed. There's, there's, no, there's no. There's no way there's, there's no other way to put it. He's decision making his request. And I last year I said IQ was the third best player. And this year, I think still IQ was the third best player on the team. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know how long is enough to wait. Like to me, I, I, I get it. These guys, some of these guys are young, but like I've watched we've all watched RJ. I I, I he's not young anymore. Like to me, like this. 
It can't just be like, you know how we all said we're hoping RJ starts the season great. He started the season great, to your point, but like it's reverted back to, to the ways he's been. And it's just too much. Inc- like at some point you just have, you are what you are. Like, uh, like you can't just, you can't just do it some nights and not others. To me, that's just not good enough. Like I, we need better. And I, I hate to say that because I actually like RJ as a kid. It's not a knock. It's just, I've seen too many games of like, it's he, I don't know if he can be that guy that he was before the migraines. I don't know if that's consistent, if this is just who he's always going to be. I, I don't know. I hate, I hope I'm wrong. And also one last thing I want to say is Randall, you can't just be in, be in the way on uh heart's drives. <laughs> like, I think sometimes Randall, you know what I think it is? I think, I may be making this up, but I'm going to try to find an excuse for it. I think someone said to something about Randall about give us the energy that you didn't have in the first half. And I think sometimes Randall wasn't isn't thinking and he's just I was at least happy he was trying to play fast, but he doesn't realize maybe that you can't just be in people's way like that in your own player's way. I think that's the reason we've seen that actually a couple times this year, guys, where he's actually got in the way of some of our own guys and like but, you know. I'd rather Randall try and be aggressive and do the right things, and uh, but I get frustrated. But guys, it's one game; it's a long season. I am proud of this team. This team is it has has won a lot of really big games lately. So I don't want to be too negative. I'm just saying, like for us to take the next step as a team, I wanted to see us blitz this team. Like you know, the the OKC was coming off a back to back. I want to make that clear. Like we weren't. So like, there's no reason we shouldn't have had the energy, and. it's frustrating because I don't know what we're going to do with RJ. I don't know what we're going to do with IQ. And I don't know who better is going to be on this team. But that's thank you guys for at least letting me vent to you guys. I know I probably rambled, but that's my thoughts. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate it, man. Great call. Thank you for going on. All right, man. Peace. Peace. Yeah, man. Great call. Yeah, frustrating. Yeah. yeah, like I don't – and good point. Like I don't want this venting session to be – I don't want this to overshadow the kind of season that we've been having because we've been having a great season so far. Um, and I like the way overall we've play, been playing so far. This is only one game. But um, I'm still concerned that the overall arching career and trajectory of what RJ will be for this team to us. Um, it's a big concern for me. Big concern for me, and. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> yeah. With RJ, the issue is always consistency. If he's able to find consistency in his game, then you have hope in him as a player. But at the same time, it is his fifth season in the NBA. The Knicks are reaching a point where they have to make a move because if, once they reach that second apron, it's going to be hard, and they have to resign Bronson. So the Knicks have the Knicks have that on, on their plate as well. So sooner or later, decisions are gonna have to be made. What do you do with IQ? Do you think RJ is gonna be that be that legit third option and and things of that nature? Like that's what the front office is gonna have to figure out. And but looking at RJ's game at the moment, it's looking like if the Knicks are going to get to that next level, they might need to move on from RJ. But you know, typical RJ fashion, you know, once it reaches the end of the season, RJ's gonna wake up. And then he's going to give us hope again, just to disappoint us next season again, where he goes in this large ass slump, and we're like, "No, RJ needs to be gone." Yeah, um, I'll trade an RJ for Jeremy Grant tomorrow. Me too. <laughs> Same. Yeah, RJ for Jeremy Grant. 
Yeah. You got to wait till he has like a really good stretch of games and then trade him then. Because you don't want to sell low right now. But once he starts getting his shot back and he's shooting at 37, 38% from three, out the door. I, I just, it's time. I, I don't think there's any, there's, a, there's not a better ceiling to him, especially with this team and how it's currently constructed and Tibbs as a coach. You know, it's just, he, he might reach a higher plateau somewhere else, but it's not going to happen here. Got to move on. Gosh. Ah. I mean, are you going to, people are either going to agree or you're going to get flamed, but. That's just how I feel. <laughs> I mean, you know, Leon has no Leon has no loyalty to him. I think we've seen Leon move on from guys that, that he's brought in, and he also wasn't his draft pick, and that's why he's included him in both the Donovan Mitchell trade and the Zach Levine trade package. RJ was a centerpiece of both, so I think Leon's mind is made up too. He's just looking for the right deal. Yeah, shoot, I'm looking at the contracts right now. I don't, I'm looking them joints up. <laughs> I'm looking them. <laughs> RJ Barrett this year is making 23 million, 25 million, then 27 million, then 29. Jimmy Grant is making 27 million, 29 million, 32 million, 34. Then there's a player option for 36 million. So there's a little bit of a gap. A gap that can easily be filled. Yeah, a little bit of a gap. <laughs> well, we can throw, we can, you know, we can throw somebody in there to fill in that gap. That's how I see it. Severin KS, who I've gone back and forth with uh, on a, a variety of things on YouTube comments, um, made a great point um, in the in the chat here. He said we should draft a Jalen Williams at eleven two years ago. Dog. And we in this predicament, I I said thing. that on the go back, go back. <laughs> this is when you actually first joined. I was saying then Jalen Williams would be the perfect small forward to go between Brunson and Randall because he plays defense. Yeah. He's three level score. He has the length. He can hit th- catch and shoot threes. Like he would have been the perfect addition. But it is what it is. I still remember Jason M said I was bugging. I got that. I got that one right, Jason M. <laughs> yeah, he's a baller, and he's showing you what you can do in a smaller sample size. He's the third option over there in OKC. He actually had to take a step back with Chet returning. He was getting a lot more touches and opportunities last year when he was playing small ball four. But he's a stud. I think he he would have been the perfect pickup, and I like that trade at the time. Dean is a huge project who I don't ever think will reach his potential, but Jalen Williams was there at 11. And those but three pits we got from OKC better be used in a mega trade that they're used for some Kelly Olenek. And that ends up being the, the I like Kelly Olenek. I won't Kelly Olenek. Ryan's right. He's my number one trade option for the five. But if we end up using two of those picks in that trade, when Jalen Williams is there at 12, oh man, Leon, I'm winding up the slap, baby. I'm winding up. <laughs> Piss me off, big dog. Come on, man. Wake up. Do something. Yeah. Uh, Somebody asked John. Uh, tell him said is Jonathan Isaac available? You already know how I felt about Jonathan Isaac. Like I felt like you probably could have took a fly on him last year. Um, it is he's a weird political Trump supporter though. But whatever. yeah. <laughs> but I like his his type of build and game is some is somebody like that archetype is what I would take a a flyer on to see what he would do. Yeah. 
and plus Bobo doesn't get any minutes in Phoenix, but there's too many questions around around Bobo, which would maybe hesitant to even go after him. And Mobamba. No, I mean I, Tibbs would bench him. I, I don't think yeah. I'll make him play with Tibbs. <laughs> Obama had a good game at like 17 points. I feel like I feel like I feel like the 76ers are actually happy with him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Philly's gonna get rid of him anyway. Yeah. I feel like the 76ers are happy with him. I hoped he could get something out of Obama, man. I hoped he could, but that, that ship just sailed. <laughs> We're not getting Jalen Williams. Someone said, let's get Jalen Williams. There's no reason. There's no way Jalen Williams is coming here. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So he's going to lock him up for a long time. Yeah, no way. Time to get Kyle Quinn. Let's go. Let's get Kyle Quinn. <laughs> Might as well, man. Jim's right now trying to find Ronnie Brewer's number. Yo, man, you ready to come out of retirement? Oh, we, need, oh, we need a big wing over here. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, all right, man. Yeah, I got whole. I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about the game. I don't know. Y'all got any any uh Bro picks, who picks? Yeah, I already yeah, know. I, mean, I already know bro picks. picks. I already know the bro pick that's been going around the world. I, I, I'm gonna just let Ryan go off. <laughs> <laughs> bro pick number one. You already know, Bruh. The Detroit Pistons. Oh yeah, broke the NBA record for most consecutive losses with 27 in a row. Bruh. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot of players too. They got a lot of players too, but people have been saying Isaiah Stewart. I would love Isaiah Stewart, but they would, be, they would be idiotic to let go of Isaiah Stewart. They just gave him a contract. It's a cheap contract. Like I don't just there was I, there would be no rhyme or reason for him to give Isaiah Stewart away when he's making what sixty four million over four years or something. I think like there's no that'd be that'd be nuts. <laughs> Yeah, reasonable, reasonable contract, and I'm pretty sure Isaiah thought uh, Isaiah Stewart would love to come back to New York because that's where he's from, New York. So I'm def- I, I know he would be glad hearing that he got traded to the yeah. Knicks. Yeah, oh, anybody be glad? The Chili would be glad to be traded out of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they got Isaiah Thomas rolling over in his grave, Joe Dubois rolling over mm-hmm. his grave, Charlton Phillips, Rip Hamilton, all of them just rolling over in their grave watching this damn Pistons team right now. Yep, exactly, exactly. But yeah, brought to the Pistons. Uh, My next bra, Jalen Brunson. Bruh. Tonight's game, because my guy ran a pick and roll with Hardestina as Hardesty was rolling to the back. <laughs> my, man threw a, my, man, my man threw a bullet pass, hit Hardesty in his head, and it flew into the stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he laughed at him. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> No remorse for throwing that ball off his head. Pause. Oh, man. Oh, man. Facts. Those are two broad picks I got. I'm pretty sure I got a couple more broad picks. I just can't think of them right now, but those are the two broad picks oh, off the top of my head. I just knew you was going to do John Morant. Oh. Not John Morant, but Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons, bro. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he's a. I just knew. I I knew. I just knew he was gonna Super say Chandler Parsons. Yeah, bro. The thing is, the thing is that okay, I get it. John Morant's um issues with you know the gun issues and things of that nature, but John Morant at the end of the day he didn't commit a crime. He just basically when he he just basically you know behaves in a way the NBA did not like, so the NBA suspended him because of that. 
And then on top of that, when he was doing the dance in New Orleans, where it looked like he was doing like some gun motion or whatever the case may be, if you do your research, mm. that's actually a New Orleans dance that they do. It's called Rock Your Hips, I think, or something like that. And uh, and, and I think the LA at the LSU football team, you know, a lot of their players do that same dance when they score touchdowns. And, and John Moran was actually trolling the New Orleans crowd by doing that dance. And all of a sudden, Zoo Chandler pauses to come out of nowhere talking about, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, with with his history and this and that, he shouldn't be doing anything. You know that that you know signifies you know guns or whatever the case may be. And it's like, yo, dude, do your research, my guy. Bruh. It's an actual, it's an actual New Orleans dance. John Rand isn't doing nothing wrong. He's actually trolling the crowd at New Orleans because he got a clutch bastard on them to seal the game for the Grizzlies. Yeah, absolutely. And then after that, he started. Didn't he like? Wasn't he like uh, complaining that his family member was dancing in the stands as well? It was, he was Chandler, Chandler Parsons was all over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, he was also complaining about um John Moran's pops having fun, not bothering nobody. My man is just there dancing. All of a sudden, that's an issue as well. And he's over there, the unbelievable. Who's a jackass, uh, jackass. bro? Yeah, Chandler Parsons, get out of here. It's sounding. It's, it's giving me white boomer energy. Wearing his New Balance shoes, complaining about <laughs> dudes dancing in the NBA feels very like Fox News at four. You know, like it's a, it's, a, it's just a certain demographic has a certain stench to it. You know, nah, nah, I agree, I agree. Yo, all right, well that's a bro picks and hey fellas, we oh, whoa, got, whoa, 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 yeah, we, we yeah we got somebody on Discord. I know, I was about to tell you. We, um, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna do my bro picks too. Oh yeah, bro picks. Okay, go ahead. Oh. Man, another day, an, an, another dozen deaths in Palestine. Free Palestine, man. Israel has lost the high ground. It's a horrible situation going on over there. We got at least 21,000 people have been killed and over 55,000 people that have been injured since October 7th, including both Israeli and Palestine people. It's a horrible situation, man. I wish there was a ceasefire, something we could do to encourage Israel to, to stop the mass murdering. But, you know, under Biden, we're a country of bums and cowards. So, no matter who's in charge, the same BS happens. We keep supporting the wrong side and we're on the wrong side of history this time. And I pray for my people in Palestine and Israel that, that are, are being massacred and, and murdered and killed over their horrible situation. Ooh, pit time, though. All nativity aside, I want to give another thousand shout outs to my main man, Ryan G, for representing the DLT show on SNY TV. I, I think you, you not only were you inte- incredibly intelligent and uh, well, well spoken for your nits points. And I thought you your rapid fire quit thinking on the threads that you were doing with you and Dexter. I thought it was a really great back and forth. You guys actually had a conversation and I thought it was a really good equal conversation between two guys who really love the nits. So it wasn't just the intellect that came through the passion came through as well, man. And I want to say I'm hella proud of you. You're an inspiration for me and Ebony and any other co-host that's on a Nets podcast. No one is more loyal. No one is more is smarter. And no one gives more of a damn about the show that they're a part of. And you, bro, I've learned so much from you being a part of here. And I want to give you your flowers while you're still alive, well, and handsome. Let's go, my brother Ryan G, man. Gunshots <laughs> in the air, baby. Let's go. Let's go! Ryan G, S, and Y, baby. Ryan G, S, and Y is in the building. <laughs> Yo, those questions start coming and you, you start getting nervous you start locking up ryan g didn't do that ryan g just like boom he knew what he wanted to say because the stats and the fats are already in his head man all he's got to do is, is, is speak truth to power and he did it yo i live Thank for this you. man like this is like 
doing this and seeing my people's like get some love on it and get on some get on the uh, Dexter and Y and get some recognition. So felt really, really, really good seeing Ryan G up there, man. Great job, my guy. Yo, thank you. I appreciate the love. Appreciate the love, man. Thank you. And yeah. and of course, you know, none of this would have been possible if it wasn't for Jay Ellis because he gave yeah. me a platform to, you know, to express my next takes. And of course, Lee, because once Lee came in here, my man Lee was a beast. Yeah, man. Reach out to reach out to different people, you know, trying to trying to, you know, get people to come on the show and things of that nature, build a connection. So if it wasn't for the both of y'all, this would have never happened. So thank you. Yeah, man. No doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's just, let's share a platform with both of you guys. Both of you, brother. Double blessings. Double blessings. All right. Woo! All right. Now, coming to the stage. KOP, <laughs> long time caller, veteran, mod, the one, the only. Tell them you are now live on a Discord KOT show. It's Jay Ellis. Testing one, two, three. Yes, sir. Testing, testing one, two, three. Yes, sir. Clear? Clear? Yeah? Testing? Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, okay. What's going on tonight? Feel telling me. And what's going on? My man with the stats and the facts, Ryan G. Shout out to everybody watching the KOT show. So, boom, check it out, baby. I see that tonight. A lot of Knicks fans are sad. And this is why I like to call. These are the best times to call because I ain't no fucking, I ain't no bandwagon. You feel me? When I was watching the Knicks, my man Patrick Ewan was out here injured up. He was relying on my man's Marcus Can't Do It, Latrell Sprewell, Allen Houston, all my boys. Fake Puffy, a.k.a. Chris Childs, I'll beat up Kobe Bryant. At the end of the day, <laughs> we know where we're going. I see a lot of people looking at our situation like, yo, we got mad questions. We know where we're going. All these questions are just going to get pushed off over and over and over, just like paying something on layaway. Leon Rose going to have draft picks. He's not going to use them to draft players. Because if we did that, then we would actually need a coach who's going to play the players. This coach not going to do that. But he's not going to change the coach. He's not going to trade Randall, even though sometimes we see Randall play well, but Barrett doesn't. Barrett play well, but Randall doesn't. It kind of looks like you kind of need to move one of them because they operate in the same space. But he's not going to move either of them. Some people saying RJ sucks. I agree. He has been playing bad. But you really think Leon good trade RJ? Of course not. He's not going to trade IQ. Even though he should have been re-signed IQ, he's going to put himself in a bidding war with other teams. We know what... It's basically going to happen. At the end of the day, Leon Rose needs to man up, make a decision, but he's not going to. And that's why I'm saying, Knicks fans, just try and enjoy the season because we know what we're going to get. A playoff appearance, a first-round exit, and what's our ceiling? Just like Ooh. last year, a second-round exit. Why is that? Because we, unfortunately, did not make some of the changes that we needed to make, whether it's roster or coaching staff. You understand? At the end of the day, I'm just glad that we're not out here losing 27 games straight. At least we competitive. At least we annoyed with the fact that, dang, why the coach make this switch at the end, four minutes, swapping out IQ for RJ to come do this turnover in brick of three. At least we worried about that. Instead, the guy who I wanted to get a few seasons ago fade for Cade, look at him. He the face of losing 27 straight. So that's why I'm telling y'all, everybody cheer up. Christmas just passed. New Year's about to pass. We already know what we're going to get. Detroit don't know what they're going to get. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks don't know what they're going to get. 
They got salary issues. They trying to ship off a player that they just traded for, thinking that that dude was going to be the savior after they had a season where they overperformed and got, mm. uh, what is it, uh, two wins? Maybe one win, two wins away from the NBA Finals. So we are in a better situation than some of these other teams, to be honest with you. Like like I said at the end of the day, if Leon Rose could man up and make some type of decision, that would be great. But we know what he's going to do. A little baby. He, he likes to shop in a discount bit. So come trade deadline, he's going to do a little Cam Reddish, E-Rose trade. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just keeping it a deal with y'all, KLT Show. That's what Leon Rose is going to do. He's not going to put his chips all in one and be like, yo, Philly, give me a B. He's not going to hit up Ohio and sweeps them for Donovan Mitchell. You understand? He's not going to do those big boy moves, unfortunately. Hopefully, in the offseason, he becomes a man and does those things. But until then, we got what we got. It sucks, but at least we know we're going to be competitive and probably lose a close game off some BS. Or Mr. Jekyll and Hyde, whether it's Randall or RJ, they're going to have a miraculous game one day. And then they're going to stink the other. And then Brunson's going to have to try and play superhero. And then we're going to be like, yo, why quickly ain't play enough? Yo, we need a backup power forward. Man, y'all already know what it is, man. I don't know if he, I don't know if he like meant to hang up or he lost connection. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him for the people. Amen, Timmy. Amen. <sighs> Leon is only... Go ahead, go ahead. Yo, that seemed too perfect, but the line of the day was when my guy said that Leon likes to shop at the discount store. My man, my guy yeah. basically said, my guy basically said Leon likes shopping at Bobby's department store. <laughs> That's basically what he said. <laughs> I mean, he ain't lying. Like, look at all that. We we pretty much spent second round picks and non-rotational players uh at two consecutive three consecutive deadlines. So he ain't lying. He ain't lying. I mean, the first, I mean, we, we got a first, we gave away a first round pick. That was the most he spent was last season for Josh Hart. But yeah, he ain't lying. He ain't lying. Ah. Thanks, thanks for that call, Tom. Thanks for that call. Good call. Good call, as always. And yeah, that's the show. Thank you, guys. I really wish Ebony was here, man. This was, this was the time for you to watch the game, Ebony, man. <laughs> this was the time. <laughs> ah, but that's our show. Uh, yeah, Lee, let him know where he can find you, man. At underscore Lee Estabito on Twitter, or go to the search bar and type in hashtag bum. I will be up all day tomorrow fighting on the interwebs on RJ Barrett. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Ryan G, let me know can find you, sir. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. You also find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. Yeah, you can find me at the KOT Show on Twitter, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram, and the Nick of Time Show on Facebook as well. Uh, and yeah, we should we'll be back the next game. We got Orlando up next. That's a big game. That's a big game because uh, they are higher us in the standings. They're that long team that we usually kind of struggle against they probably switch a lot too i feel like the long team switch a lot we, we kind of usually switch we even today like when we, when we play switching defenses we, we get a little weird um so uh and we turn the ball over a lot so that should be uh, a game to watch and hopefully we're able to be successful and shut up kenny smith talking about second 
Because we got Pablo, we got Pablo over there. Kenny Smith was talking about, oh, you got a second best player on every team. Pablo is better than you. Halliburton. Yeah, so this is, this will be a nice game for us to win. All right. That is our show. We will be in MHG South. That is our show. I see you, Alexander. Thanks for that. <laughs> that is our show. Thank you guys for watching. And as always, shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That's the show. We out of here. Peace. Peace. Dreams. Uh, in, 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 in